The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Feel it coming in the air. Yeah. And the screams from everywhere. Yeah. I'm addicted to the truth. It's a dangerous Stop. love affair. Can't be scared when it goes down. Got a problem, tell me Stop. now. Only thing that's on my mind is who's this town tonight. Sports talk, Alex Clancy in studio. It's a beautiful Friday here in Phoenix, Arizona. Lots to talk about. I'm going to get right down to it. I'm going to go all across the board today. I'm going to talk a little A-Rod, talk a little uh, Yasil Puig and the moves he's making to become a more responsible person, more responsible professional. Talk some NBA, talk a little Jay Gruden, and I will talk about our final uh, precursor to the playoffs this weekend NFL, it's, it's, it's shaping up to be a beautiful thing, and I'm actually going to reverse one of my predictions due to, all, due to the media onslaught for a specific game, and I'll talk about that a little later. Let's talk a little Jay Gruden first. Uh, he had his press conference being brought in as the head coach of the Washington Redskins yesterday, I do believe, and I'm curious about what he was going to say. I was curious about what he was going to say about uh, RG3 and everything with, with how Mike Shanahan and him left it. And which pretty much led to Mike Shanahan being fired because Dan Snyder is a huge RD3 supporter and he's become friends with him. And uh, that's a conversation for a different day where I do not agree with that uh, at all in the least. Uh, his quote was, quote, I see toughness. I see a guy that wants to win and I see a strong leader. I see every trait a quarterback has to have to be successful, end quote. I, I, I don't agree with this for a, a, at all. And I'm going to tell you why. Number one, he's lying, in my opinion. Because nothing that he said emulated what RG3 showed last year. Take away toughness, yes, he's a tough guy. He's fighting through an injury. He's still a kid. His body's still growing, still trying to grasp the NFL game and the quickness and the and the violence. But he, RG3 was, was not looked at as a, as a strong leader. His... His character was put into question pretty much the whole year last year, partially having to do with his on-field antics and partially having to do with his relationship with the head coach. So as of now, in my opinion, RG3 is one for one in being a coach killer. That That's one. I, I understand there were outside influences. I understand that the injury threw a whole monkey wrench into the beautiful plan that they had after they won the division his rookie year. I understand that. I understand the sophomore slump even, even though uh, two quarterbacks out of the three that were talking about, Andrew Luck, Russell Wilson, and RG3, two out of the three really didn't have a sophomore slump. I mean, Andrew Luck had a down-ish year, but he had one of the best comebacks in playoff in NFL playoff history last week, so you can't really call that a sophomore slump when you perform in crucial situations, especially being down by as much as they were down to Kansas City. 
His character has been put into question this early in his career, I'm speaking of RG3. So I understand that Jay Gruden and all head coaches in press conferences say, this is my dream job. I, he, Jay Gruden didn't say that uh, word for word, but this is his first head coaching job, so obviously this is going to be his dream job as of now. And obviously he's going to say, I love RG3 because he's his quarterback. And obviously he's going to say that Kirk Cousins is not bringing on a quarterback controversy in Washington because, because that'd be an awful way to start a tenure as a head coach, especially your first head coaching job. So I understand exactly why he said what he said. I just don't believe that he fully believes wholeheartedly that what he said is true. So, I mean, the time will tell. We'll see what it's like if RG3 will take him in. And it's crazy to think that a second-year quarterback that hasn't really proved much. I mean, yes, he got to the play. I understand that he got to the playoffs his rookie year. I get that. But I don't think that he should have the keys to the castle yet. And it's, it's seemingly he does. Seemingly he has the skeleton key that Dan Snyder passed over him across the table when he signed with the Redskins because they traded away their whole future for him. So I understand why Dan Snyder is in his corner, and I understand why Jay Gruden has to bow down to him during his initial press conference. I get it. What, and one thing, Another thing I don't understand is that RG3 was unavailable for comment when it came out yesterday. But, I mean, he went to Twitter, obviously, as most respectable people do. He doesn't uh, allow an interview. He's not, he's not available for, for comment. That I mean, come on, dude. Come on, man. I know you're vacationing in Hawaii. I get it. The first thing that came to mind was uh, Kobe Bryant when Mike Brown came in to be the Lakers head coach. He was unavailable for comment right away. So I'm not exactly sure if RG3 is happy with this uh, hiring. And obviously RG3, he, he tweeted out, excited about the hiring of Coach Jay Gruden. Can't wait to get to work with him and the guys. And this is all protocol. This is all what you're supposed to say. This is all very PC, all very media friendly. I understand uh, and obviously he wouldn't come out and saying that it's a bad hire because that would start everything off with bad blood, which is obviously what you don't want, especially with with an awful year that, that they had uh, last year. I'm curious to see what will happen. I talked about this a little bit yesterday. Uh, if, if RG3 will become more of a pocket passer or will stick with the read option, who will have to adapt to the other more so? I understand starting quarterback and and new head coach will have to adapt to each other. I get it. But it usually sways one way or the other. Like look at Philip Rivers with Mike McCoy coming in, seemingly a genius, a genius offensive mind. He resurrected Philip Rivers' career. So seemingly Philip Rivers was like, "Tell me what I need to change, how I can, how I can bring this team back to glory to a certain extent." And I, I'm all in. I, I have a feeling that with the way things transpired over in San Diego, that that's what happened. He kind of bought into Mike McCoy's planet, and it's worked out beautifully. I wonder if RG3 has the wherewithal, has the maturity to do so. I wonder if, 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 if Jay Gruden will leave an impression on him as a football player and hopefully as a man. I mean, I, with all of the things that came out last year and, and all of his... Just Im- his immaturity, I guess that that just rang through the whole the whole Mike Shanahan and him thing. I don't know. It's 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 a, it was a sticky situation last year. I'm not sure if it could get worse, which is a very good thing. It's a beautiful thing to have a bomb of a season because you really can't get worse. 
So I'm curious. You know, I, I'm really curious if RG3 will give him a chance. And I wonder if Jay Gruden will kind of loosen up on the reins with him during game time to kind of let him do what he does. Because Mike Shanahan's an, he's, he's an egomaniac. I mean, it seems like that. He's, he's still living in the 90s with, with John Elway. I mean, I get it. That Super Bowl era for the Broncos, headed by Mike Shanahan and John Elway, pretty much allows him to get whatever job he wants. So we'll see if he can get another job after his tenure at, at, in Washington, especially when he wrote them off mid, midway through two seasons ago, right before they went on their run. It, it, it's easy to say that <laughs> that was a uh, motivational tactic, but come on. <laughs> He was being he was being realistic at the time, and RG three just kind of went nuts after that. So it'll be interesting to see what happens in Washington this year. So many storylines with them, and and they'll be they'll be under a microscope. Jay Gruden will be under a microscope. RG three even more so. So I'm really curious to see what happens with that. Now I I teased a little bit in the in the opening about me flopping one of my picks. And this is going on the history of the game since this player has come into the NFL. He's led his team to three Super Bowls, five total, three and two in Super Bowls. You don't give Tom Brady bulletin board material. You just don't. Many, many experts, analysts, NFL gurus, People of the sort are picking Indianapolis to upset New England in New England in the playoffs. Now, I, I initially picked this as well. This was, this was my pick last week. But with all that's transpired, with, with, with all of the, the rumblings of Andrew Luck being the chosen one after his comeback last week, I'm changing my mind. You don't give Tom Brady this. You don't give Tom Brady even more motivation than he already has. I still believe he's the most mentally tough player in the NFL. Through and through. Far and away. What he's done over his career with pretty much having zero offensive talent. I mean, he's had Gronk and Aaron Hernandez the past couple years. He had Randy Moss when they went 16-0 and lost to David Tyree on the helmet catch. But Troy Brown was his number one receiver when they won in the early 2000s. Now it's kind of shifted because New England doesn't really pay anybody, especially on, on the defensive side of the football. So they take everybody through the pinnacle of their prime and then let them go. So obviously Tom Brady hasn't had the best defensive support in recent years. And even more so now because half of his linebacking core is out. Brandon Spikes being being the last uh, the last one to uh, to be put on the IR. So I am officially changing my pick to New England. It's going to be twenty five mile an hour winds, hundred percent chance of rain. I'm not sure to the extent of the torrential downpour. Or lack thereof, it will be, but rain, wind, Foxborough in January 
Tom Brady's one and worse. Granted, Adam Vinatieri helped him, and a, and a tuck rule helped helped him against Oakland years back. But I, I do believe that now the Patriots will win this game. In, in my opinion, if I if I were on the coaching staff of New England, I would stop the run, make Andrew Luck throw the ball fifty times in those conditions, and double team Ty Hilton. New England, Bill Belichick are so good at taking away the one thing that you do well. And, and I mean, people have said that forever, ever since he's become a coach, ever since he's become a quote-unquote amazing coach, Pro Bowl uh, Hall of Fame coach when he got Tom Brady due to the uh, injury to Drew Bledsoe, Bledsoe years back because he, he wasn't that great of a coach in Cleveland. But he's the mad genius. He's going to take away T.Y. Hilton or try to. If you can hold T.Y. Hilton under 70 yards without a touchdown, it's a win. And I think that they will do just that. Stop the run, double-team T.Y. Hilton. So if, if you stack the box and you have a spy on T.Y. Hilton at all times, I feel like Tom Brady will win this game. And, it, you know, it goes it goes against pretty much all odds because any other quarterback with a lack of, a line, a, a lack of uh, healthy linebackers and, I mean, the defense as a whole is, is questionable. And with pretty much most, if not all, of his stud offensive position players are with being out, you, you wouldn't choose them. But I'm picking New England, and uh, I think it's going to be like a 27-17 game. It's not going to be super high scoring, 27-20, something to that regard. But it'll be interesting. Saturday night, I'm looking forward to it. Got to take a break. Kwame Lasser, Sports Talk, Alex Clancy in studio. We'll be back in a minute. What's going on behind the scenes with your favorite Voice America show or host? For the latest news, visit the iRadio blog at iradioblog.com. Hi, I'm Joe Swedish, CEO of WellPoint. We proudly support the March of Dimes and all they do to reduce the rate of premature birth in the United States. Though premature births have recently declined, still half a million babies are born too soon each year. We're helping the March of Dimes fund cutting-edge research and community programs that help moms and their babies live healthier lives. Please visit MarchofDimes.com and join us in working together for stronger, healthier babies. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Welcome back to Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk. Alex Clancy in studio all alone today. Friday, last show of the week. Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk. 
follow me at Clancy's Corner, C-L-A-N-C-Y-S-C-O-R-N-E-R. Follow Kwame Lasseter at Kwame Lasseter on Twitter. Check out the Facebooks, everything. Download our podcast on iTunes. Just search Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk. Download the Voice America radio app so you can listen to us streaming live. A lot of ways to listen to us. And then on voiceamerica.com, search Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk, and all of our previous shows are archived. So please check us out. Uh, we're looking for bigger and better things in 2014. So um, all that being said, Alex Rodriguez. <laughs> this guy just won't go away. Um, Frederick Horowitz, the guy that's arbitrating Alex Rodriguez's potential suspension, will come to a decision as early as today. So I'm hoping that it, that it breaks during our show. If not, we will report on it Monday. Now Alex Rodriguez is trying to decide whether he should take a reduced sentence, reduced suspension of 100 games from the 211 that Bud Selig put, Bud Selig put down on him a couple months ago. Some people are siding with A-Rod, not because they believe that he didn't do anything wrong, but just because because Bud Selig just brought out an arbitrary number of games to suspend A-Rod. I believe that this was a uh, pay-it-forward situation by A-Rod. Get away with things, quote-unquote, for so long, and then you get slapped with a 200-game suspension as a lifetime achievement award, I guess you could say. It's interesting. Now, Now it's going into... A money situation. It's estimated that if Arod tries to file an injunction after potentially getting the 211 game ban from baseball, files an injunction, it'll cost him around $10 million. If he takes the reduced sentence of, of 100 games, it would cost him $15,425,000. But he'll still get to play this year. He'll still make upwards of $10 million for the last 60 games that he's playing. He makes $154,000 a game. So, I guess first world problems, huh? <laughs> no, I'm, not, I'm not really sure. It's, it's, a, it's a lose-lose. It's a win-win. I mean, I don't know at this point with A-Rod. It's, uh, <laughs> there's a source close to uh, A-Rod's camp that was quoted as saying, quote, it's, it's not just a matter of money, it's also about the mental anguish of going through this and not knowing if or when you're going to play again. Alex might decide to take his medicine and move on, end quote. He's already taken enough medicine, I think, if you want to call it that. Yeah. A source close to ESPN, a source close to the situation told ESPN, told Carl Ravitch on Thursday that it's, quote, too late for Rodriguez to negotiate any reduced suspension. You don't say. This is like <laughs> this is like a kid getting grounded for, you know, doing whatever, breaking curfew, getting grounded for two weeks, and then coming a week and a half or, or you know, a week into it being like, Mom, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, I'll do extra chores, I promise. I pro- what can I do? You know, I, I'm sorry. Tail between your legs. It's too late for this crap. Now it's becoming real because he's not untouchable anymore. It's the the egomaniacal A-Rod, in my opinion, is now realizing that there is something 
that can supersede him in the game of baseball. Something that can actually cause him to get in trouble because he's been untouched for so long. Now the question is, what's better for baseball? Let's talk about this for a second. What is better for the game of baseball, for the sanctity of America's pastime? In a professional sport that's been riddled with so many quote-unquote cheaters, well, I'll take the quotes off, cheaters, performance-enhancing drugs, they named an era after it. They named an era after all the people that played that used steroids. How Rafael Palmero, 3,000 hits, 500 home runs, I believe, over, is now off the Hall of Fame ballot because he only got 4.4% of the votes this year. You need five to stay on. He would have been a first ballot Hall of Famer, and not many people have if he didn't use steroids or if it didn't come out, if he didn't get caught. So obviously, this is taking a huge toll on people that write about baseball, that watch baseball, that cover baseball, that love baseball. So what would be better for the game? Give them the 211-game ban? Or give them the 100-game ban? For the 100-game ban, it's following the rules. It's jumping a step from 50 that you normally get first and then 100. But it's not this 211-game That's a year and a third, roughly. Personally, I think that regardless of what you think about Bud Selig and if this is a witch hunt and blah, 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 the facts are that A-Rod cheated. He's never given a, a positive drug test, but neither did Barry Bonds. So I don't think that that should hold as much weight as people think it should when it comes down to bringing the suspension to A-Rod. I think you give him the 211 games. He can, you know, work out and try to get back and play the game that he loves. That's fine. You know, I used to be on A-Rod's team. I used to be an A-Rod supporter because he was just saying, well, I'm going to fight this. I'm going to keep playing. I, he, he obviously loves the game of baseball. That, that's never been in question. But he looks at his kids and he's like, hey, daddy's a fighter. He's a cheater, but he's a fighter. So again, in my opinion, given the 211 games, Frederick Horowitz does not take any bull. He's been on every board, (coughs) pardon me, every arbitrator board, everything known to man. He's a seasoned veteran when it comes to this kind of stuff. And he doesn't take favorites. What do I think will happen? I don't know. What I think should happen is he should get the full suspension because that shows that Bud Selig is still the law. And I know giving somebody absolute power is not necessarily a good thing always, but I think in this situation, absolutely 100%. He's the commissioner. 
he should be able to hand down the suspension. And all of these things where A-Rod had the temper tantrum in court because Bud Selig wasn't required to testify, he ran out like a little baby, all of this stuff is red herring. All of this stuff is a media ploy to get people's eyes off of what the main focus of this situation is, and that's that he used performance-enhancing drugs over a long period of time. He copped up to about, I don't know, 2000 to 2002 in Texas because of the pressure of the $250 million contract and living up to it. Come on, man. That contract and the Yankees contract were based on a false foundation of talent, in my opinion. False foundations have made people a lot of money in Major League, in Major League Baseball. Hence the steroid era. How the mighty have fallen with A-Rod. I'm not sure how he's going to take it. I, I, I do. I mean, I, I don't know what's going to happen. Obviously, 211 games sounds pretty good to me. Make an example. He's already been exiled. You know, he came out with an interview, I don't know, a a month or two ago. He's like, yeah, the people of New York have been so supportive of me. If I saw A-Rod down the street, I'd give him a high five too. He's A-Rod. I wouldn't say, hey, you suck. Hey, you're a cheater. He'd punch me in the face. What does he have to lose now? Bud Selig might get an awful, awful reputation if this gets handed down officially, the full extent. But I think it has to be done. And Alex Rodriguez's spokesperson, spokesperson Ron Berkowitz, um, in response to the source saying that it's too late to get a reduction in the suspension, he said, quote, We have not asked to negotiate have not thought about negotiating, and the facts in any of these stories that state this are inaccurate, end quote. So they're still holding a strong front. Because at this point, what do you have to lose? Showing weakness at this point is the worst thing you could do. Why would you go through all this if you're going to give up at the last second? I understand fear. I talked about it before. Now it's actually becoming real. You got to stick with it. If you go down, go down in flames. And I think he's about to. Man, what's it going to be like? When A-Rod can't play baseball. I wonder, I mean, he's going to be over 40 when, I believe, or close to it, if he's handed down this 211-game suspension. Is he going to come back and play? I mean, let's not mistake him for Derek Jeter in the regard that Derek, when Derek Jeter got hurt, he was rehabbing, trying to get back to play the game that he loves. He plays... 
angelic baseball. He's never done anything wrong. Never been any in any sort of media uh, predicament. A Rod took six months before having surgery last, upwards of six months, I believe. So obviously, he loves the game of baseball, but he loves getting paid for doing nothing, also, which is nice. Get one hundred fifty-four thousand dollars a game for for chewing sunflower seeds on the sidelines in the dugout. I think it's what it's called in baseball. Yeah, so we'll see what happens. Uh, I hope it comes down in the next uh, 30 minutes, 28 minutes, because I really want to talk about this today. I don't want to wait till Monday. Break. Alex Clancy, Kwame Lasseter, Sports Talk. I'll be back. out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. Sports continues to grow and evolve to ever-increasing prominence in today's society. On All Around Sports, host John Inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world, including players, owners, and fellow sports journalists, discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today. John will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events. Tune in to All Around Sports with John Inglesby, Fridays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Now you can take your favorite Voice America radio program with you anywhere. Sign up for our mobile app if you have an iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. The Voice America Interactive Radio Player, powered by Aircast, gives you the freedom to listen to any of our programs anywhere, live, and on demand. No registration is required. Listen to your favorite Voice America hosts and discover new ones. Download the Voice America mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry, powered by Aircast. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. Welcome back to Kwame Sports Talk. Alex Clancy in studio. I want to move to Ken Wisenhunt. I have been baffled by his decision to take meetings with regards to potential head coaching positions during a potential Super Bowl run for the Chargers. I'm not saying they're going to make the Super Bowl. I'm just saying, you know, they're in the playoffs, so they still have a chance. Detroit, Tennessee, Cleveland. Met with one yesterday, meeting with one today, meeting with one tomorrow. If I had to say one thing to Mr. Wisenhunt, beloved in Arizona, obviously is doing a hell of a job in San Diego. If I had to say one thing, like, 
run your course with the team that you have now. You're an offensive coordinator for a team that is going up against the most potent offense in the NFL. Take the meetings on Monday, if any time. Take all meetings on Monday or Tuesday on the team's day off. Take them then, if you're going to do it now. I understand you want to line up your future for your family and get back in the head coaching position. I understand that, and obviously, I mean, that's it goes without saying. It's understandable. However, you need the Chargers to believe that your head is still fully there. And I don't know how every single guy on that squad can truly believe that now. I don't understand. I don't get it. What is going through Philip Rivers' head? Did he come here just to get a head coaching job? I understand that the Arizona thing, they had to fire him. I mean, I get it. He was hanging on to the Super Bowl run of 2008. I get it. But have some professional courtesy. I mean, does that come into play at this situation? I've never been a head coach that, that is signed on as an offensive coordinator then got asked to be a head coach again, especially for Detroit. I mean, I understand that that could be a dream job for an offensive-minded head coach. I get it. I just don't understand. I, I Maybe I'll just never understand because I've never been in that position. I wish that he would take a little bit, a little bit of time to hang with, his, with the San Diego Chargers before taking these meetings because obviously NFL, NFL Live, ESPN, everything's going to be all over it. So I don't know what that would do to the locker room. And Kwame, what do you think about Ken Wizen on taking meetings? Uh, it's, 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 a, it's a tough one to, um, you know, to come up with a, is a right or wrong deal for him. He is at a certain age. Hey, hey Kwame, Kwame you're, you're breaking up a little bit. Alex. Yes, okay, that's better. Okay, well, it's a tough one to see, to, you know, trying to figure out what he should be doing. Is I personally don't think anyone was in a position right now, to, and, and you're still in a playoff hunt of the Super Bowl race uh, with a chance to win the Super Bowl. <clears throat> you're playing against a team that you've beaten before, and you know how to beat, him, uh, beat this team. Not that he was there for those amount of years, but, you know, you still have some of the players there uh, and the quarterback and the tight end and, and most of the guys in the running back who's been able to beat Denver. But <clears throat> as an offensive coordinator, the guy who's calling these plays, I, I would I would want you more focused on what's right in front of you as opposed to what's down the road. I know you can't – I don't like to take somebody uh, money out of somebody's pocket or their future or their future plans or what might be there for him. But I think if, he, if they want him, they will wait for him because – the season will be over in three to four in about four weeks. If they want him, they will wait for him. So I don't. I wouldn't. If I was Ken Wizard Hunt, or maybe if I was the San Diego Chargers, I don't know if I allow that in my office coordinator or my defensive coordinator to be interviewing, especially a day before the game. So I, I, I would have a problem with that. But I, coming from his point of view, that's another opportunity to become a head coach. Yeah, no, I mean, and, and I understand that. I know, I'm sure that coaches have, 
lost their or people have lost the potential to have a head coaching job because they chose to just stick with their team that they were with. I mean, there's no room for growth with him in San Diego. I mean, that we, we know that. Mike McCoy's right. the guy, and he's never going to be promoted to be, especially with Mike McCoy having his first year here. I mean, there's no way that he's going to be the head coach of the San Diego Chargers in the near future. There's no way that's happening, especially because they made the playoffs and made a sick run towards the end of the year. So I understand, and Detroit, say Detroit, take Detroit out of it. Say Detroit, Jim Schwartz was still the head coach there. I think it might be a different situation. I think that he wouldn't be meeting with teams personally because Detroit is such, I mean, all they need is a coach that can bring everybody together and they could, they could make a Super Bowl run themselves. So, I, you know what? You, you bring up uh, Schwartz. Schwartz's problem was to me was he wouldn't, you didn't see him as the, you saw him as the head coach, but you you didn't see him as the leader. And, and you make a, and, and you make a point. And to your point, your comment is they would need a guy like Wisenhunt to go into Detroit to become a leader, uh, somebody who can lead some grown men to be to get on one accord to do that one thing, and that's to win the Super Bowl. Now, in Detroit's case, that would be to get in the playoffs with all that talent they have. And we saw what Wisenhunt did. In Arizona, we see what he's doing in San Diego offensively, and he's got he has these things, these guys moving in the right direction. And I thought that we both agree um, that Detroit should have been in the playoffs with the firepower and the uh, transitions, acquisitions they made on the all season to get the right people there to um, help Stafford and those guys. Uh, but you know what? It's it's that's the only part of my fault with Jim Schwartz. Uh, but a, a guy like Ken Wisenhunt. It's probably who Detroit Lions are looking for. Someone like him with Hunt, if not him. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I agree. And uh, we'll see what happens. I mean, I, I was just a little miffed by that, especially with with the going to Denver looming over their heads. I'm not exactly sure why uh, about the timing. I'm not Yeah, I'm not I, don't totally know. Sure. I don't know if I, I would do that. I, I would rather beat Denver than go beat um, the winner of the Indianapolis-New um, England game and then be in the Super Bowl. I would rather win them. He's been to the Super Bowl before. I think he's he's been to the Super Bowl a couple of times with Pittsburgh. He went as a head coach with the Arizona Cardinals. I would like to finish up this year, possibly with the Super Bowl. He has a hot team right now. He has a hot offense. He has a team that possibly could do that. But you can't be distracted by personal goals. Right. Absolutely. Now I wanted to ask you. I talked about this a little bit before. How I flop my uh, flip flop my choice of who's going to win the Indy New England game. Remember, I did pick. Um, I picked Indianapolis, and I'm choosing now New England because of all of the uh, media surrounding Indianapolis and how they're the chosen team and how they're going to go to New Orleans and uh, New England and, and, and beat Tom Brady. I think that it, out of all people in the NFL, you do not give him material. To, to fuel the fire even more than it, than it already is for him. Do you think that the media and all of the people like, I know that, uh, that Jaws and John Gruden and all these guys, all these big name analysts are picking Indianapolis to go in to beat them. Do you think that Tom Brady now is over the top, infuriated, ready to play more than he normally is? Well, Tom Brady is never like Peyton Man is never, like Drew Brees is never ready to pass the torch to anybody. You have to knock these guys off the throne. Uh, but when you got guys, uh, so-called gurus, making your head coach doesn't make you a guru. I had this conversation on the way to uh, uh, this event. I am, I'm in uh, right now. I'm in Dallas. So I had this conversation about a good head coach has, has great assistance. 
uh, or you can look at a great head coach having good assistance. Now, both of those in different uh, tones or different wording, depending on how many games you win, I don't think you, because you're a head coach, that makes you a guru at what you do um, consistently. So John Gruden, I, I think I've heard John Gruden say that this was a team of destiny. <clears throat> well, Philadelphia was a team of destiny. Uh, there's, there was a Auburn Tigers uh, was a team of destiny. What, what, that, what does that mean for somebody to say it? You have to go out there and get it done, and then you're playing against one of the greatest quarterbacks that ever played the game. Um, and I'm not taking anything away from Andrew Luck. And what this team has done without Reggie Wayne, what this team has done without a consistent running game, um, I'm not taking anything away from what these guys did last week in that great comeback against the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm saying... <clears throat> Don't add fuel to the fire in any way possible when you're on the road. When you're down, you travel on the road. I mean, you can look at the playoffs. Teams that are in the playoffs, they their games have to be able to travel on the road uh, to win football games. And, and, and most of these teams that are, they can't do that, and we've seen it done. That's how they, we got to this point. But I don't give Tom Brady or the New England Patriots or Bill Belichick any any fuel to the fire to just, just get rid of me and destroy me. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, that well said. Um. So are you, and you picked New England to begin with, right? Or did you right. did you pick you pick Indy? You picked New England. I picked New, New England in this game. All right. So final picks for this weekend. Mine are New Orleans, New England, okay. San Diego, and you know what? I'm going to take Carolina. I picked Carolina before. I'm going to take Carolina. I'm going to see what Cam Newton can do. I like that it's um I like when it gets closer where it gets closer and closer to crunch time, which this is it, and those teams that had buys. I like in the New Orleans Seattle game, I like Seattle. I, I just gotta I am a I'm a huge Drew Brees fan. It's not I don't have a, a favorite over in Seattle like I'm a like I am a favorite of Drew Brees in a sense. So I'm a huge Drew Brees fan, but I gotta go with what Seattle does best. I gotta go with who Seattle is as a team, and I think it's really a defensive team. Um, now, mind you that they have some idiots over there who thought they needed some PEDs or whatever, what have you, allegedly, whatever they have taken. You've already the best in the world. You don't need any drugs. But I think that team was built defensively. They just have an offensive-minded guy over there that um, keeps everything fun. Uh, you got you got a running back that just destroys people when he's in his, when he's on his game. Mm-hmm. Now the um, Carolina San Fran game, I just um, I don't even know which one to pick in that game. They look like equals uh, when you line them up, so I don't know which one to pick. And Steve Smith's coming back for Carolina, but he's still not 100 percent healthy. No one is, but he's not a Steve Smith game ready type guy. Uh, he's still having some problems with his knee, but Carolina is at home, so I will go with. Uh, I'm going to go with. Um, San Fran in this game. We right. go with San Fran. It's just so easy to match. I, you can't go wrong with the picks. Um, now, who we have left? New England. We I got New England. And San Diego and Denver Broncos. I'm going to go with the um, San Diego Chargers. Yeah. That's uh, that's the sleeper. Well, now the, now the pick is Indy, so that takes a little pressure off San Diego, which is good. Uh, we have to take a break. On the other side of the break, in our final segment, I want to talk Carmelo Anthony. I have an interesting stat about him that kind of backs up my, uh, my stance on him. So, Kwame, you're going to love that. Alex Clancy in studio. Kwame Lasseter on the line. Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk. We'll be back.
Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voiceamerica. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Get ahead in business and life. Read Getting It Done, 1,000 of the Best-Kept Secrets for Success in Business and Life by John Capozzi. Learn how John, a successful Connecticut businessman, obtained 13 corporate promotions in 13 years. This book makes a fantastic gift for anyone who wants to get ahead in business. Voice America will donate a portion of every copy sold to the USO. Visit gettingitdone.com and enter promo code VA1234 at checkout to get a 10% discount. That's gettingitdone.com, promo code VA1234 for a 10% discount today. What sets apart VoiceAmerica.tv from the other video content providers on the Internet? Choice and flexibility means that you can host your video content live or on demand on the main VoiceAmerica.tv channels through your own branded media player or your own private TV channel. We support multiple media formats, so all of your video content can be in one place. We offer a number of advertising and video packages. For more information, visit VoiceAmerica.tv. If you think you've seen online TV like this before, let us surprise you. Welcome back to Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk. This is my sexy voice statement because I'm the only one in studio. So, Kwame, I'm sorry about that. Alex Clancy in studio. Kwame Lasseter on the line. We're back. We've talked a lot. Talked uh, A-Rod. Talked NFL. Ken Wisenhunt. And now we're talking a little NBA. The uh, Knicks beat the Heat last night. I'm not a huge... I don't get up about, um, about games in the regular season. Just one here and there. Statement games. Things like that. I mean, maybe take away... Um, the Heat in Indiana, the t- only two important teams in the East. Uh, I will say, though, that I found an interesting stat about Carmelo Anthony, and I've anybody that's listened, I've, I've been ripping him for not being a complete player, not playing defense, not being a, a facilitator. The Knicks are now 13-22. and 22. They are 9-2 and two when he has four assists or more in a game. So they are 4-20 and 20 when he has three or less assists a game. Four. That we're not asking for that. Centers. Some centers get that. Marcus Gasol, Pau Gasol, they get that in the NBA, and they need people to throw them the ball to to facilitate. If Carmelo Anthony can learn a little bit, jump a little bit in his ability to make plays for other teammates, they're a completely different team. Nine and two. You only have four wins and twenty losses when he has three or le- three assists in a forty-eight minute game is nothing. You can get that on accident. So I'm curious to see if he will kind of maybe reinvent himself at some point in his career, become a playmaker, become a facilitator. They're not asking for much in New York. They're just asking for him not to shoot the ball with four guys on him at all times. So what do, you, do you think that Carmelo Anthony, can you teach an old dog new tricks in this regard? I mean, he's not that old. He's only in the league, what, seven years, six years, seven years, something like that? Yeah, about seven years. Or less than that, Anthony. six years, something like that. What do you think... Do you th- okay, I'm going to ask, do you think that he can learn 
to become a different player going on in his career. He's going to get another max deal. He's going to get some new pieces around him, either in New York or elsewhere. Do you think that he can learn with this fresh start of a new contract to become more of a playmaker than he is now? Or do you think he's lost? Uh, well, a, a new contract for Carmelo Anthony, if, if it's about the money and he can get $30 million extra dollars from New York, but then it's up to New York as far as a, a business, a company, organization. It's up to those guys who I haven't seen do the right things yet um, by getting pieces of puzzles around Carmelo. Um, Carmelo is who... He is. You're not going. You're not going to change him. He's not Kobe Bryant. Kobe. You talk about Kobe. I used to think Kobe couldn't change, but I watched Kobe facilitate and give the balls and assist and show you that he could be a guy who shoot lights out, be the go-to guy at the end of a game, but at the same time give assists. The numbers are what they are. Statistically, you can make them to be whatever they want, but you just you just uh, spoke out some numbers three assists, they lose games, four more. And I agree, you can get those on accident. You can let the ball hit your knee and your, your teammate pick it up and shoot it, that's one assist. But the um, the um, the fact that he is not, he hasn't done that or no one's brought the numbers up to him or no one, you don't even have to bring the numbers up to him. You put a certain plays in where he has to pass the ball and not shoot the ball when he's triple coverage and, and, and triple and double team. So I think Carmelo has to take on his own if he wants to be a different guy, if he wants to facilitate, get his teammates involved like other superstars do. The thing is that he don't have another superstar with him. I thought he did with Tyson Chandler. Tyson Chandler's always heard. I thought he, he did with the, um, what's the guy who just got fired for uh, Sean Tyson? J.R. Smith. J.R. Smith. Yeah, J.R. Yeah, J. Smith, I'm sorry. J.R. Smith could be so good, but why why you want to be an idiot? You got, you got 15 years of your life to be be a superstar and, and and set yourself up for life where you don't have to do anything if you don't want to and play great basketball. But you want to be an idiot and get fine because you're a certain way and you want this image to be your image. Um, but on to Carmelo Anthony, you can teach someone who's been a certain way, but he has to go to another team. But if he's the only star, he's going to feel like the pressure's on him, so he's going to shoot the ball. If there's no pressure on him, then yeah, he's obligated to pass the ball and get everybody else involved. But if he's going to go down and the pressure's on him and everybody's eyes on him and things are pointing on him, then he's going to shoot it because either way, you're going to blame him. Yeah, no. And I I, um, I was way off. This is his 12th year. <laughs> I, that, was, that was a little brain fart on my part. He has. Yeah, yeah. He, come out of, he came out as a freshman, if we remember, from Syracuse. Yeah. He was a freshman. He came right on out of there. Right. So he's averaged in his career. 3.1 assists per game and 2.9 turnovers. That's almost a one-to-one ratio of assist to turnover. That is absolutely out of control. He's never shot 50% from the field, meaning he takes a lot of bad shots. And it's he has so much crazy talent that with, with the amount that he works on his jump shot, if he takes 15%, 20% of that time and works on dribble driving and dishing as opposed to just uh-huh. as opposed to just jacking them. I mean it's he could be he could be a top five, top three, top two player in this league. And I don't think he is now. I don't think just because he scores a lot of points means he's a top five player. And people might disagree with me on that, but the Knicks have so much talent on that team, as you mentioned. They have Tyson Chandler, one of the best leaders in the league, leads by example. You have I mean Carmelo Anthony's fantastic talent wise, but as a 
as a basketball player, I, I, I think he's lacking in more, in more categories that he's flourishing in. A lot of guys don't like to change their, their role or image, if you will. As far as what I mean by that is their position. When I used to look at um, LeBron, I like if he was a small forward, no one could stop him if he put him at a forward. Um, but and that's what he is with, with Miami because you have uh, Dwayne and you have uh, Chalmers most times bringing the ball up, and then they got guards not committed and they got small forwards. But Carmelo, he consistently want to be the number two guard and just shoot lights out. I, I would like to see his um, Allen Iversons. Assist, uh, assist career um, in compared to that because I remember Allen Iverson came out and said that uh, you didn't bring me in here to pass the ball you brought me in to shoot but that guy created so much um, space with off the dribble that he was able to hit those points but he was also able to uh, dish and pass the ball so that would be interesting to see but if Carl Mello was willing to get down to that number three and, and, and back people down I mean he, he would consistently help his team win basketball games as well as dishing the ball back out to the open man who's going to be open because he's going to continue to draw a double team being down in the low post. Yeah, Allen Iverson averaged over six assists per game in his career. Which right, is, and this is a guy who said, you brought me here and you drafted me, number one, to shoot the ball. Yeah, and he averaged almost 27. 27 points and six assists is pretty pretty damn good, especially when you only shoot 42% from the field for your career because mm-hmm. it jacks him up so much. Yeah, but I mean, I don't know. I mean, it'll be interesting to see. I'm, I'm, I'm now curious. After finding that stat, I am now curious to see what Carmelo Anthony is going to do. I mean, he has to know. Somebody has to put this in his head. Say, hey, the the more the more assists you get, the better chance we have of winning. The more assists you get, Kobe's always averaged between five and seven assists, four and six assists over his whole career, and those three assists a game that that could be upwards of nine points. Right, and you get every game. Knowing that stat and not doing anything about it tells you a lot about who a person is. Because right. there's no way I'm going to be a part of a team sport and not put the team first. It's just impossible. I don't care how superstar I am. You've got to put the team first because there's one goal at the beginning of the season, and that's when you want to meet that goal at the end of the season. No, absolutely. And I mean, I think, if, and, and to answer my own question, I don't think he you can learn. I don't think he can learn how to do it. I just don't. I mean, I think once you get to this point, once you make a whole lot of money, you have a franchise on your back, you have to, you take it upon yourself to try and win every game by yourself, which is impossible. So he yeah. needs to learn how to do this. If he can, he can elongate his career by two or three years and Easy. flourish and maybe win a championship. If he, like when he gets older, older, like in three or four years from now, if he can learn, if he can learn through these four years how to become a better passer, he can be a second or third option on a team that wins a championship. He just needs think, to learn how to do it. Yeah, if Carmelo, he he's one of those guys that will play twenty one years and and might not make it to a championship for twenty one years and finally get there. But and then you look back and realize you could have been here all along, probably three or four times with a chance to win two of them. Yeah, no, absolutely. Hey, we we got to get out of here. Uh, Friday show wrapped up Monday, Tuesday, thirty Friday, Thursday, Friday next week. Voice America Radio app on for your smartphones. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk. You can download the shows. Check out voiceamerica.com. Search Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk. Listen to all of our archive shows. Kwame Lasseter online. Alex Clancy in studio. We will see you guys Monday. All right. 
for tuning in this week. Join us every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday at 12 noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time for another edition of Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.